1: Welcome back, everyone, to another amazing episode of Market Impact Insights. We are going to roll up our sleeves today. We're going to talk about the logistics of success. And when I talk about logistics, of course, transportation, logistics, the movement of goods across the globe. And just to give you a sense of just how massive that transaction is, according to Statista, global parcel shipping volume. Hit 131 billion parcels in 2020, and that's estimated to grow to more than 240 billion by 2026. And if we're looking at the world's largest online retailer, Amazon, well, on average, they're shipping about 18 and a half orders per second, 66,000 orders per hour, 1.6 million packages every day, and we are fortunate to have someone who knows just a bit about that. That's Rob Grady. Rob is the general manager of the Amazon Freight Partner Program. He oversees all aspects of that program globally. Rob is passionate about empowering transportation entrepreneurs to start and grow trucking businesses within Amazon. That's fascinating. It's an entrepreneurial venture. He joined Amazon About eight years ago, spent the first five years as the Chief Operating Officer of IMDB. That's an Amazon subsidiary and a leading media tech company. Prior to his time at Amazon, Rob held a variety of product and general management leadership roles across media tech, at Real Networks, traditional retailer at a company you might have heard of called Starbucks. It's a small company. And consumer products with the leader Procter and Gamble. One of the things I love about Rob is that he's passionate about learning industries, companies, leadership challenges, and technologies. And the other thing that's amazing is that Rob always gives back in the way of student mentoring. He's been doing that at the University of Washington, my alma mater, in the Foster School of Business for about 13 years, and also in the athletic department for a couple of years. So, with that as a backdrop, in my literal backyard of Seattle. Rob, welcome to Market Impact Insights.
0: Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have a great
1: conversation this morning. So you've got this really unique career trajectory, Rob. You've been constantly stretching yourself into new market segments. And most recently, you shifted from more of a marketing and content focus to this exciting, large, growing dynamic world of transportation. What was the motivation behind that?
0: Yeah, I think it was less of I mean, it's a great question. I think it's less of about a personal motivation to go from one industry or one business to another and more about something that's, I think, a little bit more kind of fundamental to advice that I give people around career trajectory, which is the most important thing in your career and the most important thing in considering what to do, I have always found is how steep will the learning curve be? Can you actually go and learn something new, different additive to your career in whether it be a new market space or whether it be in a new industry or, or with a new group of people. And I've always considered myself a, a, a lifelong uh, learner or what I, I call it a learning curve junkie. And I really, I love learning new things and meeting new leaders and learning new technologies and going from one of the leading media tech companies as a subsidiary of Amazon into this brand new opportunity where I could learn about logistics technology and uh, really help small businesses uh, be empowered to create new businesses for themselves was something that um, that was really attractive to me um, because of that learning curve
1: aspiration that I've always had. Yeah, that is so impressive. So fascinating because so many of us will sit back and maybe think about, well, how cool would it be if I put myself in an entirely new situation, but then the moment of truth in terms of actually going from thought into action, it could be really paralyzing, right? Because you're, you're going outside of your comfort zone. There is this mental and attitude aspect of it, isn't there?
0: Yeah, there, there definitely is. I think it's probably those sorts of changes are probably not for everybody, but I'm very fortunate that at Amazon, um, where I work, there is definitely an appreciation for people that are passionate about learning. And one of the great things about Amazon is the company is in many different business segments. And so you can go from one to another if you've proven yourself as a capable leader you can actually go to different industries and different um, different kind of market segments, but you have the same general leadership principles that Amazon uses across all its businesses. And so it's a really attractive opportunity for those that like to do new and different things but are you know are happy with the way you know are happy with a particular company. Um, so I feel very fortunate there um, to have the opportunity like it's not like I have made a big change in terms of company. Um, it was same leadership principles, same general strategy for the overall company, but let's go learn something new and build something new. And I think Amazon is a company of builders and leaders for that reason, because there are so many unique opportunities like that.
1: Yeah, it really is a win-win because the company benefits from just building that stronger leadership bench by getting people to rotate and and take on all of those new experiences. And, of course, i uh, had a lot of Company founders and entrepreneurs on the podcast. And there's one type of entrepreneurship where you're really founding a standalone company. But there's this other scenario where you're going out and you're innovating, opening new markets, you're establishing an entirely new organization within a bigger, more established, mature company. And that was the case certainly at Amazon. Rob, do you see there are different leadership dynamics? Across those two scenarios, and then in your case, what are some of the biggest challenges in building out this new venture within this bigger existing organization?
0: Yeah, I think uh, that's a it's a really interesting question and a really good one. Um, I do think that having worked in a you know venture backed startup, a couple of them, one as a senior exec, um, and one as a product uh, you know product manager. Like I can tell you that, generally speaking, the degree of difficulty of doing it as a standalone venture is likely higher in most uh, on most attributes. And I say that because when you are actually building a brand new company, you are um, you have no infrastructure and you have no what I would call scaffolding. Um, Dave Glick, who's a former uh, Amazon uh, transportation guy, logistics guy. Um, who is now in the startup space, he talks about when you do a startup at Amazon, you have all this scaffolding. You have a bunch of supporting infrastructure. You have HR. You have a bunch of other finance, et cetera. And so you have that infrastructure and that that scaffolding. When you go out on your own, you don't have that scaffolding. You're running a startup that has to build its own scaffolding. And obviously, there's services. There's AWS for a lot of the tech services. And there are a bunch of other things that you can – that you can use third parties for, but fundamentally you have to build things up from the ground. Um, You have to create your own culture. You have to create your own leadership principles or whatever the equivalent is. There's a lot of stuff and it's very, very hard and takes a lot of leadership's time. When you do kind of a quote startup within a larger company, a lot of that scaffolding is taken care of because the company has actually built it as a way to seed new, uh, new entrepreneurial ventures inside. And so you can focus a lot more on, um, working backwards from the customer, which you know is is you know just a tried and true Amazon focus area. Like we work backwards from the customer, um, and in my case with the Amazon Freight Partner Program, it was about working back from a small entrepreneurial uh, trucker who we think deserves more opportunities to grow their business and um and so we were lucky to work backwards to have the the scaffolding built but be able to work backwards from the customer um and build something that is uh that is truly valuable so at the same time like the those are the differences i think the similarities are you have to have a lot of grit and perseverance because in any startup venture or opportunity you will have headwinds whether it be from outside influences, or if you're in a larger company, internal influences, um, there will be headwinds. And so you have to say, you have to have a lot of perseverance, a lot of passion, a lot of grit to work through those things. And you have to build a team. Um, You know, you have to hire and develop great people, just like you would outside, um, even if you have assistance in HR and recruiting to to hire those people. So I, I do think that there are some things that are different and some things that are similar Um, But I think if you have it in your DNA to want to create new things as a leader, I think both can deliver, whether it be a startup or whether it be kind of an entrepreneur uh, type of opportunity. I think both can be incredibly rewarding because you are creating something that, frankly, is part of your personal professional legacy. And that's motivating to me as well.
1: Yeah. And just a follow on, did you feel any different kind of pressure, you know, having that scaffolding in place, but you've also got this existing company, this behemoth Amazon that's achieved all of this growth and success. Does working within that context add any different kind of pressure than when you had the experience where you're just a pure startup, there's maybe just no real benchmark. You're kind of just forging your own path. Did it feel different from that standpoint? uh i think it's different because you you do have more support at amazon um
0: just because of the scaffolding impact which i referenced but but i i do think like amazon my view my personal view amazon at its core is a company of builders and if you look at the businesses that have been created they were all startup businesses at some point and there are always a lot of doubters Right when Jeff started the company and said, "Hey, we're going to do e-commerce online on the internet," there were a heck of a lot more doubters than there were believers. Um, and Jeff has talked about Jeff Bezos has talked about the, substantially in public about about that. You know, you just think about all the different businesses. You know, go to the U.S., expand internationally. Can will e-commerce translate internationally? Yeah, there's a big headwind there. AWS, why would you go do AWS? You're Amazon. You're a consumer-focused e-commerce. Uh, company how can you do that lots of headwinds there obviously lots of doubters why would you start a um, why do you need an e-reader paperbacks are fine hardback books are fine etc so I just see and you know I didn't experience these in internally amazon I was outside of the time I wasn't with the company yeah but it's one of the things that I've always admired about Amazon which is it is a company of builders It is a company who has created new businesses with a startup mentality and that shows no signs of of abating, um, I think it still remains that way, and I think the fact that we're building, you know, new businesses across a, a bunch of different areas, um, you know, including the Amazon Freight Partner Program, um, you know, speaks to that.
1: So you've been building out this entrepreneurial transportation business within a business. We've gone through unprecedented market shifts. The the impact of the global pandemic of the last two years, Rob, how is that Impacted transportation strategies, and has it really altered or affected how you've had to lead your growing team?
0: Yeah, I think um, it's quite an interesting time to be in transportation. And just taking a step back, um, you know, I hadn't actually been in the transportation industry in a leadership role ever before, and I started in in my role. Uh, about three weeks before the pandemic began in March of 2020. So, for somebody, I will give you the pros and cons from my personal point of view. For somebody who thrives on learning something in a really steep learning curve, uh, it was once I got my mind around it. It was like, wow, I got, I got kind of, I jumped into this thing at a time which, where there was an incredible amount of focus and and growth and entrepreneurial spirit um, both in the industry and within Amazon. To serve our customers on something that might historically been viewed by outsiders as, you know, just delivering boxes of, of things to people's doorsteps, to now like being really one of the logistics backbones for our customers during a pandemic, for you know for really critical items, whether it be food or healthcare or, or uh, healthcare supplies or what have you, pp and e. So lots of things there that I think the importance um, definitely uh, changed. Um, but in a sense, it was also, um, you know, and this has been, you know, this is, a I think, a broad view across transportation. What effectively happened is that a peak period that you normally see around holidays or, you know, in Q4, etc., cetera, that basically became the norm for the full year. And the challenge was we didn't really plan for it because nobody saw the pandemic coming and there was no Prius, you know, there was no, uh, there was no model for it. It wasn't like, Oh, well, this is what we did in the last pandemic, etc. Um, cause logistics like this didn't exist in 1918 during the last uh pandemic of this type. So I, I think, you know, it, it actually was a time where entrepreneurial spirit and having the flexibility to, To lead in different ways, you know, with people now having to operate 100% online, not seeing people in person, especially in a physical transportation business. Obviously, being being flexible, helping coach people, making sure that you can coach your people online as effectively as possible. Um, You know, during the pandemic, hiring during the pandemic. You know, I went through a period where I hired. I was I hired everybody on my team for a certain period of time without meeting them in person. And uh, that was certainly a new challenge. Um, but I, I also think there was a part of it which was we were all in it together. It's one thing about, about a small part of the team or a, a, a group having to experience something while everybody else didn't. But I think there was a mentality um, in transportation generally speaking and at Amazon generally speaking of this is our moment. And I think for my program and my team, it was, we're building this and it's crazy time, but this is our moment. So let shine and let's build something special that will live for a long time and, um, you know, and create a lot of new small businesses. And so I think we embraced it. And, and, um, you know, I would never say that, uh, you, you don't, you don't ask for a pandemic, but you play the cards you're dealt. And I feel like we, um, you know, we did a pretty good job in listening to our customers in hiring, developing great people, and in delivering the best we could during the pandemic.
1: Yeah. And something you mentioned earlier about the appeal of moving into your new role was transportation technology. And gosh, the, the pace of technology innovation today is staggering. How are you seeing that technology innovation transforming how your own team gets work done and how it impacts your customers' experience?
0: Yeah, I think transportation, uh, you know, people call it logistics tech or transportation tech, like it's clearly a big opportunity, um, I think, generally in the economy. And and I think, you know, technology ran a lot of, transportation technology ran a lot of the transportation backbone of, of the country and across the globe, I think, during the pandemic. And I think without it, without having technology enabling freight or air or shipping, you know, I think we would have been in a, a much worse place. Um, I don't know that there's anything in particular. I, I just think like the, the innovation that technology brings to all different segments of the economy continues to be very powerful. I think, you know, you just look at a bunch of different businesses, whether it's Amazon or not, you um, You know, the technology is what has actually driven a lot of increased customer satisfaction and also a lot of business growth. And, um, you know, we're fortunate taking a step back to the last question. Think about if we didn't have a robust backbone, um, internet backbone or robust technology companies that could actually connect us like what we're doing on this podcast or whether it be other, uh, other technologies to actually enable us to work. Um, and I think we would be in a much, much, you know, uh, much, much worse place through the pandemic. And so I think, you know, I think we are now, we are a technology economy, I think, and it's, it's pervading all aspects, not just transportation.
1: Yeah, that is so true. And something else that probably uh, plays into your development of strategy is data and business intelligence. How does that play in, Rob, to your approach there? And are there some key challenges in making it actionable?
0: I, you know, I think, um, I think overall, you know, data, we operate with a lot of data. And I think a lot of the key business problems or challenges uh, that we have, we generally try to look for data to give us an indication around trends or other um you know other insights from data but the thing that's equally as important and i you know i tell this to folks that i mentor as well is like it's very important that you use anecdotes and direct customer insights to validate the data that you see and so data alone is not enough you have to look at you have to talk to customers and ask what they're seeing as well, and so I think the the real insight for next generation of leaders is how do I combine the data and intelligence and do the kind of deep dive on that, and then marry that to the complement, which is um, customer insights and anecdotes, and make sure that you have both of those. I think the odds of success in making the right decision if you have both of those, are much greater than if you just have one.
1: Yeah, that is so spot on. My own experience in working uh, as a marketing leader in, in various organizations is you need to step back and take into consideration context. I think, Rob, that's what you were talking about. The context of not just looking at the numbers that may be collected, maybe it's through a third party, or maybe it's just tracking, but then put that in the context of real feedback from those customers that you have deeper relationships with?
0: Yeah, I think so. I I think having the full context, I just, so I think you're right on as a general theme. I think the the important thing is if if you have an opportunity, first of all, I would say like to anybody out there, if you have a bunch of data and insights that you think are representative of your customers. You should validate it with the customers and like you know and understand what their voice is and understand what what they believe. And I think that's very uh, that that is a very important piece of it. Um, and so yes, that's contact, but the most important context, the way that I think about it is, it's from customers. Listen to them. Figure out what are the different ways that you can actually listen to your customers to gather insights. And then use them to complement the data and intelligence that you have, which obviously can be very powerful as well.
1: Absolutely. And you've had so much experience working and leading in many different successful organizations. When you think back across your career, Rob, what's the best piece of business advice you've received? Yeah, I think this is a good question.
0: I think I worked for a fantastic woman named Michelle Goss, uh, who is now the CEO of a large retailer in Wisconsin, a national retailer called Kohl's, K-O-H-L-S, K-O-H-L apostrophe S. Um, And she was my boss when she was uh, my leader at Starbucks when she was CMO and I was running the the global beverage business. And I had gotten some feedback about uh, about weeding and you know was you know the positive feedback was hey, smart and strategic and really helpful in solving business problems, a lot of insights, et cetera. But the team was more about, yeah, I get that, but um, we need more from Rob in different areas. And so sh- what she said to me was, I think your team, doesn't just want you to tell them what you know and what your insights are. I I think they want you to show them how much you care about their success. And I think that for me was something where, where it said, hey, you need to be a little bit more adaptable and you need to change your leadership style to make it more of a combination of leading with data and intelligence kind of tying back to the last mm-hmm. thing, leading with data yeah. intelligence, insights, and strategy, but also making sure that you understood what your people wanted and what they needed in terms of career growth and mentorship and nurturing and other development so that they knew that that they were more than just a supply, you know, the, more than folks that just worked for, the business to deliver results. It was really part of a mission, a vision, etc. And so it was very powerful for me at the time because I was a new executive at Starbucks. And um, it was something that I think changed my overall
1: leadership mentality in my career. Yeah, we, we talk so much about the human factor when it comes to what goes into a business being successful and its process, its focus on customer, it's um, having discipline around the numbers, but at the end of the day, it's the people uh, more often than not, that's going to ultimately, you know, drive success or failure and the, the dynamic of the human relationships that exist as a leader. And so that had to be a really um, big awareness moment for you.
0: For sure. It, it really was. Cause I think she basically, what she did with that was deliver in a powerful way, a spotlight on an area where I had a blind spot Um, and it takes a great leader or manager in Michelle's case, Michelle was leader and manager, but it took um, a great leader to actually have the guts to shine that on that area and really push me on it. And I'm grateful for her doing that.
1: Well, when you think about the future and you've been through so much, we've had lots of challenges, In that look ahead, what makes you optimistic?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of, if you read the news, there are a lot of things to, um, you know, to get down about. But I actually think that um, I am a glass half full mentality kind of guy. And so I do look for the bright spots. And I think the um, the thing that makes me feel most optimistic is... When I sit down with the kids at UW Foster School of Business, which I've been lucky to, to do as a mentor for you know over a decade now, and with kids that I mentor in the athletic department, like the next generation and their ambition and their smarts, but also their balanced kind of more – nuanced view of the world and what's important to them make me very optimistic. And I'll say, like when I started mentoring, I, I like to look back and think about when I first started mentoring at, at UW Business School more than a decade ago to today. Like the kids are um sound like an old guy, maybe I am, uh, but you know, like <laughs> the kids are they're they're so ambitious, they're so thoughtful. Their questions—they're so much. Their questions are so much better than what I was able to ask when I was back in their place, and I, you know, it gives me great hope for the future um, because of them. And, and then, and then, kind of look at the other side of that, which is, and there are so many opportunities out there. There are so many different business opportunities, ways to recreate industries that we haven't even thought of yet. Ways to recreate some of the public services to recreate education, um, you know, other other areas where we feel like, hey, there are ways to innovate and work backwards from the customer or the student in that case. Um, and so I feel like as long as we keep empowering the next generation and really giving them the tools and invest in that generation to succeed, I think there are many reasons to be uh, to be optimistic. And I think if I had to say one thing that is that is it.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting uh, that you're talking about that next generation because even within the workplace, there's this dynamic in terms of multi-generational teams, too. and I'm sure you see that too, you know in leading a bigger team. and it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. it bring together those different levels of experience, but there is a different perspective and mindset too when you combine all of that together.
0: For sure. For sure. I, I love it, actually. I really, you know, I love I'm having it. a ton of diversity on my team um, across different backgrounds, experience levels, functions. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's super valuable and I, um, I think it's a great part of being at Amazon is there's a ton of ton of diversity, a ton of diverse experience, uh, a ton of diverse thinking And, um, and I think overall, it's just fun to run a team that has diverse folks where you're learning something from each other every single day.
1: Fun. And it's a path to breakthroughs because you're getting that fresh perspective. No doubt. Absolutely. as we start, yeah, as we start wrapping up the conversation, Rob, do you have any other final advice for leaders that are looking to build high performing teams and drive competitive differentiation? Yeah, I think on the team aspect, I really like the
0: first thing uh, I would encourage to do is make sure every part in your career that you are really on a learning curve where you are accelerating your personal and professional growth. And, you know, when I when I mentor folks and they say, well, I have these two offers and this one has these attributes of compensation and benefits and this one has that to my in my view. It's which one are you going to learn the most at in the next three to five years and which leader will help you learn more in that period of time and which team will actually teach you more over that period of time. And so I I think the more you can learn about whatever your focus area is, what the more you can learn, I think the better off you will be. Um, I do think it's a very challenging time from a from a recruiting standpoint, and I think you know I won't say that I've cracked the code at all, but I do think leaders should think about how they want to uh, how they want to operate their teams and build their teams and grow their teams in a you know in the kind of what I would call the post pandemic world or at least out of the core part of the pandemic, and what does that look like? And so I don't have advice on how to how to do that but I would encourage folks to really think about that because um I think everybody's trying to figure that out and thinking really hard and having a strategy for that um is very important and then I third think the third thing is really challenge yourself with building a team that has a diverse mindset different ways to think different backgrounds different experiences Um, across the board, think about diversity and all its elements and really embrace it. I have found that the more I have embraced and really driven diversity in my teams, the better off the whole team has been. It's made us all better, myself included. Um, And so I would encourage that as well.
1: That is some great advice, Rob, and really appreciate you joining today and sharing your Huge amount of experience, your perspective, this idea of the logistics of success as you're taking on this very entrepreneurial, very dynamic transportation business and growing it within Amazon. Thanks again for joining.
0: You bet, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Dan.
1: And a reminder to the audience to please continue to give the gift of feedback, rate and review. It helps get um, broader exposure, awareness. Uh, You can easily do that out on Apple Podcasts and the other major podcast platforms. And as always, make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.